I need some tangible evidence that what we do matters. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and some of you listening right now might be in a place in your life where it doesn't feel like anything matters because it just sucks. And no matter what you do, it sucks. And everybody around you sucks. And you wake up in the morning going, today is going to be terrible and tomorrow is going to be terrible. And and what- I would say babe, take baby steps. Yeah. Welcome to the Ignited Recovery Podcast, a new way forward for anyone looking for answers but feeling left out. If you've been searching for empowerment, triumph, and purpose, you've found them right here. You won't hear the same solutions and you're not going to have any excuses to fall back on because Ignited Recovery allows heroes to rise and become their best selves. I'm Dr. Adi Jaffe and I can't wait to be your guide on this journey. Are you ready to become an ignited hero? In the spirit of spirituality, when we recognize our place in an immensity of light years and in the passage of ages, when we grasp the intricacy, beauty, and subtlety of life, then that soaring feeling, that sense of elation and humility combined is surely spiritual. Carl Sagan said that. Wow. I love that quote. If for no other reason, the fact that that's actually how I got to understanding spirituality. Mm. I want to start out with this just because you were kind of giving me a face when I was saying it before. So hopefully this will go over well, but this is a big topic for you to talk about. Yeah. I've been in in the spiritual world um, for the last, I mean, I guess my entire life, but I've really started to embrace what spirituality means in the last like 20 years. Um, And I think it's just a really daunting topic for me. Like I've been in the yoga world and I've been around so many different practitioners and teachers. I've gone to, you know, silent meditations. I've gone to silent retreats. I've been in and out of different ways of practicing and what spirituality means to all these different teachers. Um, We sat with Sean Korn, who's brilliant and amazing. I just personally feel like I am like the teeniest speck in a planet of... Which is so fitting for the quote you just read. Yeah. Uh, But this is the first time I've ever seen you have imposter syndrome. Yeah. Well, maybe not the first time ever, but one of the first few times. Yeah. I just feel, I like feel uncomfortable talking about it. Like literally before we started talking about this, you said, I don't even know if we should be people to talk about this. Yeah. I think I just, I feel like I'm going to (laughs) cry. It's okay. I bawled my eyes out on that couch (laughs) a few weeks ago. Yeah. It's just like, I've been around such beautiful teachers and the way that they express this is so, um, just such, such a beautiful testament to their life experience and to the work they've done. And I think, um, I know that part of spirituality is digging into the work and it being ongoing and it always being coming back to the work within yourself, but it just feels, um, this feels like, something that I guess I just feel like I, I'm not an expert in it. And I, I know that that's the point and we're just sharing our experience Sure. and that's the beauty is that people want to hear our experience in relation to different topics. But this one in particular, I've felt, you know, super, like I want to honor it and have reverence for it. And that's why when I came home from my flight last night, I was like, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And that's why when we had chaos in the house, I didn't feel comfortable doing it. I just feel like it deserves such a reverence and deep honoring and respect. And 
so I'm glad that we're doing it now and I'm glad we carved out time, but I, I, I still have feelings come up around, um, who, who am I to speak on this topic? Sure. And I mean, again, that, first of all, that speaks to that quote that you just read, right? Because it is when you recognize that you are but a speck and the insanity of us even being in this place right now with all the improbability of that happening and all the other things in the universe that have had to happen over billions and billions of years for us to be here right now that allows us to have this conversation. But you are an expert on your experience of spirituality. Right. Maybe not on the universal experience of spirituality. And I think that's, you know, to me, it is such an individual experience. Yeah. I think we get lost when we try, like in so many other things in the world, to pretend like there's a version of it. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I agree with you. And absolutely, there is no right way to do anything. There's no right way to be spiritual. There's no one way to have a connection with higher power or spirit. Um, there's so many different ways and and I've experienced personally so many different connections to what that means for me. And um, I think separating religion from spirituality is huge also. And I think a lot of people connect the two and, and make them synonymous and they're not, um, in my opinion. And, uh, I think when you and I met and I had to separate what religion and spirituality was, which I'm so grateful for. It helped me to see that spirituality is something within me, not something in something else. Can you go in a little bit more deeply into that? So when you met me and you had to separate out what religion and spirituality yeah. are. So, um, up until my late teens, um, I just assumed being spiritual was also being religious and, you know, by honoring religious holidays that that's that was what being spiritual was. And then I found my own yoga practice and I started meditating and I, um, I found God spirit, higher power in my yoga practice. And that was, I was like 17, 18. And then you were Jewish and I was supposedly Christian, half Christian, half, um, Jewish. My dad's Jewish. My mom's Christian. And I just, I knew that by the way, everybody did. She's not telling me that she's telling you that. <laughs> and then, you know, I started questioning everything that made me who I was because, um, because you're Jewish and because I don't, I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's also, I think you and I met at a time when I was questioning everything anyway, um, about who I was and what made up my world and what like, I think I always knew what my higher power was and uh, I found a way of being whole within myself because I moved around so much. So um, from third grade until really until college, I moved, I either went to a different school or lived in a different house every single year. And that forced me to find a sense of belonging within myself and a wholeness within myself. Oh, that's interesting but I didn't ever have to say it out loud. And I think when I met you, so I kept, I kept finding a sense of self and finding a sense of who I was and a wholeness within myself as I moved from school to school. But 
or home to home. Um, and I learned not to define myself based on, um, where I lived, who I was living with. Like I started to separate. It's still on religion because it was all Christian. Well, none of that really matters. I'm just saying that I had to continuously keep finding who I was and find a sense of self in all these different houses and all of these different cities on the East coast. But how does that spiritual? So that, so finding, finding, figuring out who I was over and over again, when I felt lost is spiritual, but Mm. I didn't realize that I never had to articulate that out loud. Um, and then I think it was really when I found the four agreements when I was 15 that I started to hear concepts that I had understood in my head on paper and, um, you know, the power of manifestation, the power of our thoughts and that, you know, what, what you can create anything you want based on your thoughts and how powerful we are innately. So all of those concepts were kind of like piling up in my brain and in my heart and in my being and continuing to lose my footing every time we'd move or I'd have to get new friends and then find my footing again within myself with not a lot of help from anybody else. Right. That was an internal spiritual process, was continuing to find that sense of self and figure out who I was in all these moments. And then I met you and you were Jewish and you started to question, like right away, you just had this like absoluteness of like, you must be Jewish if we're going to get married and have children. Like that was just like your baseline, which is so interesting because it's just not because I don't have that sense of religion within me. And because there's, I don't live by those types of rules. I would never have, you know, had that expectation for someone else, but you had this expectation in your heart, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's funny, the rules that we decide to abide by, right? Um, But yeah, I think it was always clear to me that my kids would be Jewish. Is that a funny thing though? Everything everything is funny though. (laughs) All the freaking rules we follow are funny. Like, why do we decide to care about those rules and not these? Like when you say the word God, it grates on my soul. Right. And it used to, to me, but now I've gotten through that after all my years of practicing. But it's funny, like I don't have that same problem with spirit. I don't have that same problem with even higher power. Um, And I'll explain my concept. But anyway, the point is, (laughs) yes, that, that was a funny rule for me. And it's, I still feel it, even though I understand that it's funny. It's weird. Life is weird that way. Yeah. You know, when I was 20 years old and we met and you wanted to have children particularly, like you knew before we even knew who we were, we felt the strength and the power of our love. And I think it freaked us out in some ways. Didn't freak me out. I mean. I told you like on the fourth date or something. Sure. You can be confident and say that now, but I think love makes us do crazy things. And, uh, I also think that even, I think it's crazy to, on one of our first dates, you share that you would be expecting me to convert and that you would expect to have Jewish children and that you would, and that you wanted children, like all the things that you said in the very beginning. I think that that's kind of crazy. Like it, it's beautiful, but it's also, it's kind of batshit too. Sure. <laughs> so is, that's what I mean. It's not that. it's not like telling you I'm an ex-con <laughs> and I've been to jail on like date number half. That was crazy too. Is is right. But I, I always I mean again, radical transparency, right? We've been getting close to practicing it from the beginning and I knew there were some rules. You're also right, right? You had like no buy-in. So you weren't yet bought into who I was to understand why you should care about that rule. Right. 
and I was young. I was eight years younger than you. And you, you still know, are at a very, well, I was at a very different, I think late teens is a very, very different stage than almost 30. Yeah. You know, like the, the stages in life are very different as opposed to now where it's mid thirties, mid forties. I think that's just like a, a completely different world. I'm 43. Everybody not mid forties. <laughs> I'm early I'm 40s. 35 and you're 43. Early, early 40s. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I, and I think that that shook me to even imagine, like I was 20, I wasn't ready to talk about having children yet. And you were already in this state of mind because of because of how tied into, and it's so funny because you're not even a religious person, but you had this expectation. So at that moment, I was forced to figure out what religion meant to me mm. and how that tied into spirituality. And that is when I learned how to separate it was at that moment of like, well, I'm going to ask you to let go of this part to you that you've been. I was like, wait, I have to let go of something that I don't even know what it means to me. Like, I don't yeah. even understand you're asking me to give this thing up. Well, I think this is a big conversation for a lot of people because I think a lot of people tie religion and spirituality together. I think a lot of people assume they are one and the same. Right. Like when I study the brain, reward and pleasure, we mostly consider them to be the same. Like I like things that feel good is the way we think about it. Right. But liking and feeling good are two separate parts of the brain and mm -hmm. they can separate. They don't always do, but they're separate. Um, the part of your brain that tells you you like something is not the same as the part of the brain that creates the pleasurable feeling in your body. And so what you're saying is there's a similar thing for you that happened with religion. And I think that's true for the vast majority of people. I think most people assume that religious practices is how you connect spiritually. Yes. And so I had to question that. And it probably was like, a solid five to seven years of trying to figure out what that meant. And I was fine because I knew that I didn't grow up. It's not like I ever went to church. I didn't believe in Jesus Christ. I didn't have any sort of Christian faith in my bones, but I was being asked to give it up. So I had to figure out what that meant. And so I, a lot of feelings came up. That's so interesting. And for a few years, we didn't practice Christmas. We didn't have anything because that's what I thought I had to do. And I had to just like shove all these Christmassy Christian beliefs and understandings into a box and lock it up and then like throw it out a window. And that isn't what you were asking me to do. You wanted me to have Jewish children. And yeah, that was like the only part that mattered to me. But that's a heat. It felt like a big ask. I get it. And what I realized over those five to seven years is that it's not, it's spirituality is within me. It's not within a religion. Spirituality is within me and I can access that whenever I want to and connect to that anytime I need to. And that by taking away what felt like taking away this thing that meant so much to me, quote unquote, religion, quote unquote, spirituality by forcing me to look into what that meant, it allowed me to figure out that spirituality resides inside my body and inside my heart, inside my brain, inside my being, not in a book, not in an organized religion. Mm. And what I found is so much more spirituality by opening up the door to Judaism and by separating the two 
And now the practices around holidays, even if they're Christian, like Christmas, are actually that much more fun because I've learned how to separate what spirituality is versus what these traditions are and what they mean. Okay. So let's talk about the spiritual part. What is spirituality to you? Um, I think spirituality to me is love and um, it's love of others. It's connection. It's connection to every single living being on this planet and beyond. And it's energy. I think like it's, it's energetic, like it's an energetic connection that is um, whether they're alive in this moment or not. Mm. What's up, everybody? So glad that you've tuned in here today. You know, we bring you these recovery episodes to help anyone who's struggling with addiction or habits that don't serve them break free of the cycle using the latest research and the most effective strategies that I've found over my years of doing this and thousands of people I've helped. Obviously, we offer this free resource to you because I know that getting help is hard and I want to make it as easy as possible. So even if you never join our online hero program or come to our retreats or come and work with me individually, I want you to at least have access to the same powerful tools that have changed thousands of lives. If you like this and think it's useful, please give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or just wherever you're listening to this right now. It really helps get the word out about this free resource, which is important since my goal is to help over a million people. So thanks a lot for being part of the Ignited community. Now let's get you back to the help. I mean, you know, I always struggle with spirituality. I didn't like religion. Uh, When we first met, I said I was uh, totally secular. So I also connected spirituality and religion. Yeah. I grew up in Israel. There is no separation of church and state in Israel. It's a Jewish country. Which is so fascinating. And so I've read the Bible, like the main Torah, which is the Old Testament, and then the five like other books three or four times over. Like I've read all of them. I know all the stories. I know really, really well. I just never believed any of it. It was like a story for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Never talked to my parents about spirituality or religion at all. It wasn't until I was after jail, so like 28, when in the car sitting with my dad, I even brought up the topic because we'd never talked about it. So I used to think I was secular. And then I realized growing up in Israel that it just seeps into your bones. You can't be totally secular. Like even, I mean, maybe you can be an atheist, like and go completely the other way. But it's almost like you, you get made to pick a camp in some way. So... That's a long way of saying that for me, it was also very, very tied in. And I felt completely a spiritual, no spirituality whatsoever. And I probably was, and that was probably some of the reason why I had such a void for so long in my life. Like the only emotions I was able to connect to were the negative ones, primarily because I noticed a void and I didn't know how to fill it. And I kept writing in songs and writing in poems and writing in general about there being no purpose. And it's why purpose and spirituality are so deeply tied to me is when I started finding any sense of spirituality, it was really around purpose. And so for me, I I would agree spirituality, love is definitely in there. And then um, potential. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of potential in the spirituality. And the reason I say that is I, I will never forget the moment I understood it for myself. And I was taking a jog. We were living on Doheny. Uh, in Beverly Hills in, um, in that little two-bedroom old-school apartment with the black and white checkered kitchen, like mm-hmm. 50s place, yeah. 50s, 60s place. And I went for a jog. I used to run a lot in the mornings back then. And I ran by a school that was just a couple of blocks down the street from us. I'd run by that school dozens of times before. It wasn't like that school was unique. But kids were playing in the yard 
And I remember having this little like moment of a download where I went, oh, this school full of kids is a higher power. Yeah. I matter less than this school full of kids. Not that I don't matter, but there's like four or 500 kids in the school. Exactly. The potential they hold, the relationships they're going to create, the, the world that they're going to bring into existence by being is magnificent. Yeah. And it spoke exactly to that Carl Sagan quote that you read in the beginning, which is the moment you recognize how much of a speck you are. Exactly. Is the moment you go, oh, and it's not a bad, it wasn't. A negative feeling at all. No. There was no part of me going like, oh shit, I don't matter. It was almost like the opposite. It was as if finally I went, I get it. Anywhere I look, there's more than me. Now, people have been saying that to me for years. You know, again, when I was in the program in AA, um, they were always talking about finding a higher power. One of the most the things I hated the most when they were like, you can pick a doorknob as your higher power. Placating the notion of a higher power to me cheapens it. But higher power is all around us. Yes. You know, it's not hard to see once you find it. We each have a higher power and it can be in, we can see it in things. We can see it in people. We can see it in experiences. But to me, again, even the universe. Yeah. So, which is what I used to say all the time. And people were kind of like, didn't love that as an answer, but the universe, the enormity of the fact that we are a speck of sand, not even, we're a speck of sand, not a speck of sand in this universe. Um, it's magnificent when yeah. you think about it for a moment. And to just let that sink in, like Carl Sagan said, um, and he that man has done some incredible stuff around the spirituality of science and the, the world that we are in. It landed. In a split second, it landed. And the moment it landed, it brought up something else for me, which has been the thing that I was already on path for, but I didn't have a name for it. And that was the singularity of purpose and impact for me. Mm -hmm. And for me, in finding spirituality what I immediately connected to was purpose. Now I knew that service, that helping others, that making that magnificent world that I'm part of better than I'd found it is why I'm here. Because in the grand scheme of things, I don't really matter. And again, not in a bad way. Right. Like leaving my kids and the world around them better than um, I found it exactly. is... Another purpose. Yeah. And so that's how I found it. And I, I had no connection. So that was when we were on Doheny six years ago. More than that, probably. Yeah. Six or yeah. seven years ago is when I first caught it. And ever since then, I have been trying to find ways to cultivate it in everything, in business, in our relationship, in parenting, in my relationships with other people, et cetera. And that, and that is what spirit is, is, is I think it's trying to find what your version and what your definition is of a higher power, a higher spirit, something greater than what you are, like you said with the children, like something that's more powerful than singly you. If you're struggling with this, then fuck everything else. Like forget all the rules that you heard this is supposed to be like, and then take some moment. Well, Sean Korn talked a lot about not having judgment and the importance of not judging and just meeting everyone with compassion and love and you doing the work. But but also meeting yourself with compassion sure. and love. So I wonder what it would be like for you to sit down, close your eyes and take a deep breath. And as you're breathing, just in and out, just start thinking about what matters to you most in life. What are the things that are so important, that are so magnificent, 
that are so crucial to the reason why you see being here is important. And just let that wash over you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that, right? Like if that's your kids, it's your kids. If it's your parents, it's your parents. If it's the reason you're here to make, you know, to end human suffering, whatever that is for you, I feel like when we connect to it, yeah. we get there. And I think that we're all looking or oftentimes when you are lost, you're looking for some sort of an awakening. It might not be a big, bad, bright awakening. It could just be in the simple moments, like Adi was saying, with like sitting and breathing and going outside and hearing the birds chirp and then feeling the wind on your skin. Like it may just start there. It may not be a crazy awakening. Sure. I I know for myself, when I let everything else slip away and I sink into the actual feeling, even the little awakenings feel really good though. Right. And I think just like the experience you're talking about right now of you taking a jog and noticing the kids are a higher power to some, someone might be like, oh, that's no big deal. I recognize that on every single day. You didn't have like the Messiah come down and like, it wasn't some huge, you didn't see an angel in the distance Mm. or like your dead grandfather come and like tell you a message. Like it doesn't No, there's no burning bush. You just, it hit you and you were aware to it and you were open to it. Yeah. Now here's, that's a really good point. There was no thunder. There was no like shifting of the, the earth. But I would say the biggest changes in my life have come from the tiniest shifts in perspective. We talked when you interviewed me about, the, about my story. We talked about um, the thing with my dad, the phone call with my dad. And I tell that story because I do these workshops online like once a week and I tell the story over and over and over and it's still this one phone call with my dad when I realized that telling the truth and owning my fuck-ups is one of the most important things I can do in life has to this moment remained one of the most important lessons I've ever learned. Well, and if you break that down, you were less powerful than you were less powerful than your errors, like your errors took over your, pro- like your issues. I gave be- power over you to gave my mistakes. You gave power away. Exactly. Yeah. You gave your power away, which is spiritual. It's just in, you know. Well, it's the void of spirituality, yeah. right? It's the idea of I have to hide who I am because I'm, I'm less than. And I think we find, we find some of these bigger concepts in when it's missing, like in the darkest depths of struggle are sometimes when we find spirituality. Sure. And that's why, that's why I'm saying sometimes all we really need to do is um, give ourselves the space to connect. You know, I just got this uh, message just yesterday from a woman who is hoping I'll connect with her husband because they've been struggling for like four years around some of the same things we talk about. And he's read the book and he's, you know, he's potentially ready to do work. And she doesn't know if it'll happen and all this, all this backup story stuff. Mm -hmm. But at its core, I believe that for both of them, if they have this moment of really acknowledging like, why are you here and why does this matter? If it sinks in, if it flips and the perspective aligns, then everything else you have to do is just the work. It's not that big a deal. It's not heavy. It's not hard to do. Yeah. Like, you know, when we um when we had our falling apart 
moment, like the last discovery, mm-hmm. there was a shift. And sometimes, oftentimes, maybe even most of the time, that shift comes from pain right. in some way. Like you have to get pushed so hard that you have to, it's almost like your brain then finally figures out how to put the puzzle together. Right. And in that moment when you did that and you discovered it and I just felt the ground dropping out from under me, I was willing to do anything. Right. And in that willing to do anything was some of the stuff that we no longer do because it's not serving us now, but going to more meetings, doing the more stuff, finding reading the books and doing the support and going to therapy three to four t- days a week, and doing anything. Doing the work. Because the doing of the work stopped being a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also want to speak to something you said earlier about space and creating space. When you create space, that's when spirit will come. When you create space, that's when spirit will come. So in the morning hours, when your body maybe like wakes up for a moment, it's like 5 a.m., Instead of grabbing your phone or grabbing an iPad or distracting yourself, just be open and receptive. When you are sitting and it's quiet and it's a perfect temperature outdoors and you close your eyes and breathe, allow that to be an opportunity for spirit to come. Allow that to be an opportunity for growth, for awareness, for a small awakening. And it's in those moments Instead of going to a distraction, you are at least creating the space for that energy to enter. And that's where you can then listen to your inner voice. That's where you can tap into your intuition. Being open to is spirituality. Yeah. You know, um, you know what I love about that? So like I said, I, um, I've read the Bible a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. And, um, we, I mentioned burning bush, like this idea of if, if people don't know the story, you know, Moses, uh, God spoke to him through a burning bush in the desert. He was like uh, tending his flock and um, and sees this bush that was burning on fire, but didn't burn. Uh, and God was speaking to him through that. And like God was the bush or God was the energy that was burning the up fire. the bush. Okay. Um, you don't know the story? No. God, it's insane how many of these stories I have in my head. <laughs> um, and. And it essentially told him, like, you've got to go, you've got work to do. you got to go rescue the Jews. And he was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to. Um, and the reason I'm even bringing it up is a lot of times this stuff doesn't come when you want it to. Right. It doesn't come when you're looking for it, which is really fucking frustrating. Yeah. Right. My mom used to have this saying when I was a kid. I just talked about it yesterday, too. Whenever I'd look for something really, really hard, she'd say, just stop looking for it. and It'll just show up. Yeah. But that's really hard. Yeah. Well, like, that what, right there is called trust. That's trust. And that is one of the biggest lessons you can learn in life. And that's something that like inherently I had to build over time was my trust muscle because I kept leaving all of the things I knew. I'd have a wonderful group of friends and my mom would be like, we're leaving. My job sucks. Um, I would feel lost in you know, a new school or having to get a new room and lose all my stuff I loved, you know, everything that I knew that grounded me into who I was. And I had to trust that everything was going to be okay and that I could not just trust myself, but the world and my mom and 
this new life that was presented in front of me. Like I had to. Were you able to even recognize that you had to trust back then? No, but I'm saying I just did it. I just had to, to just figure it out. And I had to find that trust muscle within myself in order to find the little bits of joy and happiness. Mm. Um, I think for a lot of people that strife, like having difficulty in life on a regular basis is exactly the thing that makes them run away from spirituality, right? Makes Mm -hmm. them mistrust it. And that's where I think the religion slash spirituality thing breaks down sometimes is because it's hard to force this moment on people. Right. Well, yeah, it's in the space where you're not looking for it. Right. And so, I mean, that's a really weird conundrum. Like, how do you, I know it's changed my life. And again, I don't follow a religion to this moment. Right. My spirituality literally comes in my impact and my helping for other people. That's by the way, those of you listening, why I'm so connected and why we have a review of the week, et cetera, is like. It's reminders of why. Constant reminders that the work we're doing makes a difference because that's why I do the work. Right. And. Yeah, we, we are constantly seeking where we can go and be of service. So if we're not being of service and it's not being absorbed, then we're going to go somewhere else. Yeah, which is, again, getting back to that trust thing that you you try to teach me all the time. I'm, I still struggle with it, right? Yeah. Like I need, we talked in uh, love languages, my thing is words of affirmations. Like I, I need some tangible evidence that what we do matters. Mm-hmm. And... Sometimes, and some of you listening right now might be in a place in your life where it doesn't feel like anything matters because it just sucks. And no matter what you do, it sucks. And everybody around you sucks. And you wake up in the morning going, today is going to be terrible and tomorrow is going to be terrible. And And I would say take baby steps. Yeah. Take baby steps. And learn to trust. One little step at a time and learn to trust your own inner sense of knowing and that you may not wake up tomorrow in a way better, way different life, but you will eventually, if you keep making steps towards your own growth and being a better person, you will wake up soon feeling better about your life. Thank you for tuning in to the Ignited Heroes Recovery Podcast. I really hope you found the information here useful and that we'll see you back here next week. And look, I want to make sure that this podcast is the most useful it can be for you. So please let me know by emailing info at ignited.com if there are any specific topics or questions you'd like to have addressed. As usual, if you like this episode, I would love for you to leave us a five-star review and rating. Thanks, and see you next week.